Surprise Halloween podcast special contains sudden noises and mature themes and a horror audio drama meant for an adult audience. If you're not prepared for this kind of horror explicit content, leave now. Turn off the podcast. If you're still with us, brace yourself. The Book Guys Show is brought to you by hollowbooks.com, where they create custom-made hollow books so you can hide just about anything. Choose a book, they do the rest. Hey everybody, this is The Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves. I'm recording on my portable Zoom player. I'm just heading on my way to the haunted house. Uh, Sir Jimmy and Craig are already inside. I'm just going to open the door. Hey guys, how's it going? Shh, there's a guy over there. Did you see him? You weren't kidding, this place is spooky. If they touch me, I swear I'll hit them in the face. <laughs> um, these are my co-hosts, as usual. Um, Mr. Craig Damlo. How you doing, Craig? Good. I'm just watching out for that uh, lamp that keeps floating by. Yeah, it's kind of weird. How um, come he gets the night vision goggles? <laughs> do you have your gun, Jimmy? You know I do. Okay, that's good. That's good. I hear a fire. Let's go. Let's maybe go into the other room. It might be brighter in there. Hey, this is warm and comforting. That is a nice fire. That's kind of a weird color, though. I feel like something bad could happen in this room, though. <laughs> Hey, Craig, what's on that yeah. shelf over there? There's I don't a, know. There's a record player over here. See if you can find a record. Hold on, hold on. Uh, nope, that's not a record. Nope, square. Squ oh, goodness, is that, a is that a 78? Squishy. I don't Spiky. know. Oh, here's, here's something around. Let's put it on. All right, let's put it on. Whoa, whoa, that's kind of creepy, man. That's, uh, that's the theme from the No Sleep podcast. Take, take the needle off, man. Craig, take uh -huh. the needle off. Take the needle off the record. Got it, got it. Take it, the needle off the record. Take the needle off the record. It's still playing. Now that's even super creepier. All right, well, since the theme is playing anyways, we might as well play our first audio drama courtesy of the No Sleep podcast. This, this story is called... My Friend from College it was written by Lauren Munera and read by David Cummings and Corinne Sanders. Music by Brandon Boone and produced by David Cummings, who's going to be on the show later. Brace yourself.
Sabrina Carrington, age 25, fell down the stairs at a little before two in the morning. According to the phone records that the police pulled, she had been texting right before she tripped. A very 21st century way to die, certainly, but nothing malicious. Simply unfortunate is all. A simple tragedy. I was the last person Sabrina had contact with. I was the person she had been texting before her fall. I was the one who, a week later, finally had to face her confused, grief-stricken husband. The congregation of funeral-goers were all expecting me to have an answer. What had prompted a late-night conversation so engrossing, so interesting, that Sabrina would wander around her house in the dark? I had to tell them the truth, that I didn't understand what Sabrina had been trying to tell me. Though we'd been buddies through the years after graduating, the last time she had contacted me was two months ago for a lunch date. Her messages this time around had been puzzling, to say the least. The police had given me a physical copy of our conversation for me to read through, but it wasn't helping much. I recalled the night itself as I went over it for the hundredth time, how I had been awakened by my iPhone buzzing next to my ear. EJ? EJ, I'm so scared. I'm outside your house. How am I outside your house? I'm guessing you drove yourself over? Oh, Sabrina, what the fuck? What is it? I didn't. I didn't drive here. EJ, let me in. What is it? What's going on? Don't you hear me knocking? It's fucking freezing out here. Just let me in. It's 70 degrees, and I, I don't hear anything. Oh, so your doorbell is busted too? I'm coming in through the back. Your house key is still in the flower pot, right? Hold on. I'll be right down. Sabrina, where the hell did you go? I'm in your living room waiting for you. Or do I need to drag your ass out of bed? Please, EJ, I'm really freaking out. I can't explain it other than I really have no fucking idea how I'm at your house right now. Oh, Sabrina, quit playing games. You aren't in the living room. If you don't stop fucking with me right now, you're gonna get it. So you're telling me that you didn't just hear me knock over that vase? Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Hold on, let me try to call. Maybe it'll work this time. That's all that's left of Sabrina. There was a three-second call that connected from her phone to mine, 
but wasn't substantial enough to warrant much investigation. When I picked up the phone at 1.54 a.m., I heard an unfamiliar male voice in the background, and then... DJ! She had sounded both surprised and relieved right before the call was disconnected. I continued texting her after the strange incident, but received no reply until well into the next morning via the police at my door. Her husband found her at the foot of the stairs near 2 a.m., having been woken by the loud clatter of a body falling. Just like the funeral goers, the officers had been hoping that I could shed some light on the mystery. Sabrina had been convinced that she was outside my house, but the fact that I lived 20 minutes away by car proved otherwise. Her prints were also nowhere to be found on the front or back doors, and the only vase in my house was definitely unshattered. In the end, they labeled the death accidental and concluded that Sabrina had been sleepwalking as well as sleep texting. Unsatisfying an answer as it was, it was what people accepted. A month later, it was what I was on my way to believing, too. Until twelve hours ago. Twelve hours ago, I woke up to the sound of someone banging a fist against my front door. My first thought was to ignore it. I had a killer cold and was not in the mood to be awake for my misery. I didn't care if it was the neighbor coming to tell me that my house was on fire. I'd wait until the smoke detectors were blaring before I moved an inch from my bed. I sat up fully at the sound of broken glass, my body screaming, intruder. Shivering in the sudden silence afterward, my hand reached for the bat I kept beside my bed. I had always been too lazy to apply for a gun permit and go through the subsequent firearm training, and now I almost hated myself for it. Sneaking down the stairs, my heart pounded in my ears. I breathed through my mouth, cursing my immune system for giving me such a huge disadvantage. Through half-clogged ears, I listened for any other noises. My breathing hitched as I caught rapid-fire tapping, accompanied by a soft female voice cursing. I stopped just as I came into view of the living room. There was a silhouette there, a shadow whose face was illuminated by the light of an iPhone. My voice came out as a croak, sounding foreign to my own ears. Sabrina? DJ! Impossibly, she responded. I watched her smile and heard her shout my name. She came at me in a run, holding her arms out to embrace me, bat and all. As I blinked, she disappeared. I stood at the bottom of the stairs for a long time, waiting for something to happen. In the end, I got nothing. 
I shut the half-open back door against the freak 30-degree night, then swept up the shattered vase that lay on the kitchen floor. I turned on every light in the house and switched on the TV. I waited until dawn to go to a restaurant where I sat for half the day mulling over the last few minutes of Sabrina Carrington's existence. At some point before 1.48 in the morning, Sabrina was awake and walking around the second floor of her home. Somehow, she ended up outside my door for just the briefest of moments. There wasn't any scientific explanation for a five-minute portal to the future, or any type of logical reason why something that fantastical would happen to Sabrina Carrington from Biology 102. There wasn't any sense behind her finding a theoretical door to my home of all the people in her life. It's with a bitter taste in my mouth that I think Sabrina stumbled upon the future accidentally and had the unfortunate chance to trip on her way out. was a pretty creepy story guys and you know we gotta keep it spooky so we gotta stop corpsing over here i think we're giggling a bit too much there's there's a corpse over here yeah that guy looks pretty dry <laughs> i just told you not to corpse and i'm laughing my head off sorry he's really dry try not to step on him he might fall apart he looks his real wife crumbly is, his wife is pretty dry too Hey now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, what was that spooky bell? We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, I think we're gonna talk about some spooky podcasts today. This is the podcast guys. We'll be right back. <laughs> Exciting adventures in audio time and space. Visit us online at amaudiomedia.com. Hi, this is Colin Ferguson. I play Sheriff Jack Carter on Eureka, and you're listening to The Book Guys. Book Guys. Okay, okay.
Okay, guys, guys, I think I think we're okay now. I mean, that guy's not moving. He's pretty much dead. No, and, and I broke his wife's head off. Oh, man. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, listen, let's talk about some... Uh, oh, I'm almost afraid to play the jingle, but uh, hopefully it won't be too loud. Let's see. Podcasts. Oh, man. Turn it down. That definitely was too loud. I don't know what the hell They're that. on to us for sure. All right, so uh, we got some Jinkies. Uh, really good horror podcasts. Of course, my well, you know one of my favorite horror podcast or my favorite. I think one of my favorite podcasts. Period. You know, Jimmy. You know when you when you get a new device. You know when you format a device. So like I I, I get my podcast Republic app on my new phone that I got, and you know on my old phone I have like five hundred different podcasts. So, of course, on my new phone, all I've got is No Agenda and the No Sleep podcast. So I think that's when you really find out what your real favorite podcasts are. You know, this is very topical only because uh, I had a little uh, iPhone screen issue here in the last week. And today I went to listen to No Agenda after, you know, it was about 5 o'clock today. Yeah, yeah. And I looked and Downcast was gone off my phone along with my podcast subscriptions you know like 25 30 shows yeah yeah so now you're now you're going to find out what your real favorites are as you put them back and, and now all i have is the no sleep podcast book guys and no agenda in there the rest of them i'm going to have to do some you know indiana jones stuff and find out <laughs> what i used to listen to yeah you know and there's some there's some uh, other great horror and we're going to stick with horror podcasts i think today because you know it's halloween right um, there's a couple I've been listening to. One, one is, um, let's just say it's, it's, it's more of a zombie, uh, you know, apocalypse type, uh, deal. Uh, and there is a, uh, a little promo here. This podcast, I enjoy it. Uh, they do it as, uh, seasons. So I'm just going to play the, the, the promo for the, the first season, which was called lockdown. And this podcast is called we're alive. Like we are live still, but that guy on the floor, he isn't. Casey Whalen, writer and director of We're Alive. In May of 2009, We're Alive began providing listeners across the globe with hours of free, high-quality entertainment. Since that time, our story has come to a close, but the world of We're Alive has still more stories to tell. Our next story, currently in the works, is called Lockdown. It follows a small group of inmates and guards trapped inside of a section of Twin Towers Jail. As the dichotomy of the guard-inmate relationship continues to break down, they are forced to work together and find a way to escape while the rest of the world ends around them. Lockdown is the most ambitious project I've ever attempted. At 350 pages, this behemoth is going to be equivalent to about a half of a season of We're Alive. While you'll be introduced to a whole new group of characters in this mini-epic, you can expect to hear from a few of your old favorites. It's going to be an amazing story, but we need your help in order to tell it. When I made We're Alive, it was out of my own pocket, along with the hard work of many volunteers donated to make my vision a reality. This time around, we're running a Kickstarter to raise funds for a professional music composer, casting director, editors, and of course actors to bring you the highest possible quality audio adventure. 
We have some great exclusive rewards in store for those who support us, including early- That preview is not spooky! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, it is a little bit spooky to the uh, traditional radio people out there where anybody is coming up and making good audio uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, but, but seriously, uh, we're going to cut out that preview because that was more of a, you know, request for a Kickstarter. <laughs> if you play it again and take out all the dialogue and just play just the, the piano, music. Yeah, yeah. then it's spooky <laughs> as fuck for 30 seconds. Absol if you wait it out, oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> also, yeah. if you play it backwards, Satan's asking for money. <laughs> oh, hey. Satan is the ass king but for money. <laughs> no, but seriously though, uh, it, it's a it's a great audio drama. Um, we're alive again. It focuses on on zombies and uh, the, the the characters are re reoccurring. Uh, they do a whole season with the characters, and uh, in in subsequent seasons, they've uh, brought some of the characters back. And it, and it's zombie survival. Um, if you're more, How, if you you're know, more, sorry. There, there's a why why can't we support it? Just let's just support it. We do. I think we should. I think we should. I, there's I, been a lot of Kickstarters. Anybody put $500 into that cooler with the Bluetooth radio into it, <laughs> Denver got one. Hey, take a shot on a book for a couple of bucks. Yeah, why not? Hey, uh, another one that I really like is called Archive 81, and it's more of like, this one's more of like a Twilight Zone uh, type, uh, you know, a collection of stories, but it's based around... Uh, supposedly, this guy's uh, friend has gone missing, and these are the tapes he found. Uh, the story revolves around a guy who's been uh, basically copying tapes in an archive called Archive 81, and it's all about a uh, a certain building in uh, New York City, and it's it's pretty spooky. And I think I think the preview for this one will be spooky. It won't just be asking for Kickstarter money. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a <laughs> giant tower filled with VCRs. And they're recording the whole internet. It is my great privilege to welcome you to the private collection of one Mrs. Cassandra Wall. As I am unfortunately unavailable to escort you through the exhibit, this tape should serve as a useful guide to the objects contained within. Check. Check. Testing. Okay, we're good. And this is the tape library, archive 73 through 92, though you'll just be focusing on 81. Series of interviews in a high-rise apartment building, all from the mid- No one can quite pinpoint exactly when it went on. It's just another place, you know. Not terrible, not great. Audio of 14th floor hallway. Please. Please, no. This place, it's not normal. You wouldn't understand why. This song isn't close to being finished, but when it is, it'll be beautiful. And true. It'll change the world. I'm trying to get to the bottom of something that's beyond anything. We're ants trying to understand the face of a god. Before my friend Dan disappeared, he sent me this audio. Hours and hours of it. Since no one's been able to help me find him, I'll be releasing it via podcast. A new episode every two weeks. If you know anything about what's happened to Dan, email me at archive81podcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, archive81.com, or 
get the word out there by following us on Twitter, at Archive81, and by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Stay tuned. There's, there's a lot more. Spooky. <laughs> I tell you what, you drag that whole narrative apart and, and place it in front of you over a time period of a couple of weeks, and you hear all this little different stuff. It's kind of Blair Witchy. Yeah, it's it like is. They're taking that whole yeah. Blair Witch build up to the movie and trying to pack it into a minute. Yeah, totally. Because even even like the the we'll call it the monster of the week stories, where it's all you know about one specific character, one specific event. It's still the same guy that's listening to the tapes, right? And it's like uh, it adds to that you know that feeling, like that Blair Witch uh, you know sort of reality show feeling. Sure. Just yeah, saying. there's a whoever got the Blair Witch tapes still had to edit them. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, we uh, the third podcast that we're going to talk about is the No Sleep Podcast, but uh, uh, there's no sense talking about it because uh, we have an interview with David Cummings himself. And we're going to play that next, I think. Jimmy, what's that, what's that behind you? Oh, <laughs> And joining us in the dungeon is the one and only David Cummings from the No Sleep Podcast, where they are they are scaring people. They really are, and they're producing some really great audio uh, production-wise content. Uh, how you doing, David? Paul, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me down in the deep, dark, dank dungeon with you. Oh, yes. I, you know, I had to have you on as soon as I discovered your podcast. Uh, you've been going for quite a while now, at least seven, seven seasons now. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we're in uh, coming actually up to the end of our seventh season, which translates uh, to about five years. We just uh, had our five-year anniversary a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I've been at it a long time. Yeah. So listeners know that when I find a podcast late, I love it because now I get to binge on No Sleep Podcast for weeks and weeks. <laughs> that's right. Lots of content to listen to. So tell us about uh, No Sleep Podcast. Well, it's uh, it's a show that we call uh, an, anthology, uh, an anthology of horror storytelling. And so what we do is with each episode, it'll feature um, usually four to six uh, stories that have, uh, most of them have been posted on the subreddit uh, No Sleep, uh, appropriately enough. And these are stories that they have sort of a campfire feel to them. They're usually written in the first person. And therefore, the stories have a uh, this is something that happened to me kind of feel. And they can be anything from sort of ghost stories, you know, they can have more of the supernatural demons and dark spirits, or they can be a little more plausible in terms of more, um, you know, things where people are being nasty to each other. So you right. can get some stalkers and, and serial killers and things like that. But basically what we do is we, uh, we take these stories and uh, adapt them to audio and we... Um, these days, our shows and, and our stories are, you know, have a pretty high production value. So we have multiple uh, voice actors doing the roles. We have a custom film uh, music score. Uh, and we have some top-notch producers creating some great sound design to make it really immersive and uh, enjoyable that way. So it's, uh, yeah, so uh, an episode, we, we have sort of two different types of episodes. We have a free episode, and then for people who want to uh, get a little more content, we have a, a paid subscription as well. But, you know, you're going to get a few stories, and uh, hopefully stories that will give you a bit of a chill and uh, keep you up at night. And that's why we call it No Sleep. Absolutely, and and the production value is is off the charts. It's it's well done. 
Well, thanks. Yeah, it's something that's certainly developed over the years. Uh, that's one of the benefits of, of doing something for that long. Um, you know, when we started, it was relatively bare bones, kind of lo-fi, usually just one uh, voice actor, one narrator uh, doing the whole story. And the musical scores were just kind of public domain music, just sort of dark, atmospheric music. Uh, but as time has gone on, yeah, it's it's we've been able to develop it, as I said, into the multiple narrators and uh, adding a little bit more in terms of sound design to you know help you or help the listener feel that they're in the in the environment that the story takes place in. And just in the last uh, within the last year or so, I've been able to collaborate with some really great producers who are bringing their own kind of sound to it. I mean, I've I've sort of produced pretty much every story up until the last uh, six to eight months. And uh, now that we've got a few, a few new ideas, new guys on board with, uh, with their own talent and their own take on the stories, yeah, I, I'm really happy with the way the, the stories are being adapted for audio. And uh, where can folks find the No Sleep Podcast? Well, we are at the nosleeppodcast.com. That's kind of our headquarters. And if you go there, you'll find uh, certainly all our archives and being able to uh, find the stories. We have pretty good show notes in terms of you can find the stories online uh, where we found them. Uh, there's lots of links to who contributes to the show and, of course, our social media pages. So, yeah, just the nosleeppodcast.com will get you there. Uh, Dave, I got I got to ask you while we're in uh, Stephen King's dungeon here. Um, what's your favorite Stephen King film? Oh, my favorite Stephen King film would definitely. Sorry to have put to you on the spot there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's strange how I like horror stuff like that. Um, I definitely The Shining. Uh, yeah, his uh, and I know some people might say, oh well, you know Stephen King didn't like the Kubrick uh, adaptation of it, but uh, both the book. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the book itself. I uh, read that probably two or three times in my life. And uh, I certainly love, you know, what uh, King did with his book. But even uh, Kubrick's uh, film adaptation is very creepy, even though it's maybe not uh, the most faithful adaptation. But, uh, yeah, I still, in fact, on, on, in, um, on my desk, uh, on sitting on one of my speakers, I have this little uh, felt cloth handmade uh, twins the the famous twins from the movie oh, nice. who were sitting there staring at me so yeah that's uh, that's always a good inspiration uh, very good uh, and it, it is inspiring you to make some really great uh, scary content and, and definitely cannot sleep when i listen to that podcast my friend oh thank you <laughs> thanks for joining us thank you paul Hi, this is Cyrus from the Trailer Park Boys. Fuck off, I got work to do. And you're listening to The Book Guys. Book Guys. Prizeaganza. What's that, Jimmy? No. It's <laughs> Welcome to Prizeaganza. Turn that down, turn it down, turn it down. Turn it down. Okay, Prizeaganza. That's right, everybody. All of you who frequent the book guys Reddit, subreddit, Reddit, both of you are getting three audiobooks <laughs> sent out to you. They're packaged up. Uh, finally got the correspondence done up. They're packaged. You're, you're both going to get three. I don't know if you're dudes, chicks, or if you're a dude that's got a chick or a chick that's got a chick, but uh, it's a mix of 
free audiobooks from our friends at brilliantsaudio.com that we listened to, reviewed on the show, or didn't. They're going in the mail tomorrow. Nice. Nice. Another reason to, to go to reddit.com slash r slash book guys. And they're they're in like H-I or W-I or M-I. I don't know. It's like Michigan, Hawaii, <laughs> Wisconsin. They're I think they're both up there around the Great Lakes, which is kind of crazy. I think that's probably right across the hockey pond there from Toronto, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Just just yeah. a short swim across Lake Ontario. Well, they're probably picking up the short wave that uh, that we're also broadcasting on at uh, that megahertz. Speaking of short waves, I think I'm going to get my get, uh, I'm going to get my <laughs> ham radio soon. See if I can reach Craig in Seattle. Yeah, Brigger Nine might be good for the apocalypse. We got one more story, courtesy of the No Sleep Podcast today. Uh, this one's called All Fours, and it was written by Felix Blackwell. It's performed by Peter Lewis, music by Brandon Boone, and as always, produced by the one and only David Cummings, who we just uh, spoke with for a while. Take a listen. Brace yourself. sisters ages seven and six in a very large house. My dad and stepmom went away for the weekend and left us with a babysitter. She slept in our parents' bedroom and us kids had a blanket fort camp out in the living room. In the middle of the night, I heard a weird sound. Something scraping around on the wood floors in the hall. Our house had no carpet except in the bedrooms. All of the halls and common areas had wood floors. We had two dogs at the time, a golden retriever and a chocolate Labrador. So when they ran around, they made a hell of a lot of noise. But this was not one of their familiar sounds. It was too slow and purposeful. Something else was trudging around inside my house. I imagined some horrific creature with rotting skin and flimsy little legs lurching up and down the halls of our home, poking its head in and out of rooms, searching for a child to snatch and whisk away into the night. My stepsisters slept through the noise. I listened for a long time then finally got the courage to go investigate. I climbed out of the blanket fortress and grabbed the flashlight off the bar counter. Then I walked around the ground floor of the house, looking for the source of the scraping sound. The ground floor of our house was comprised of four long hallways that made a square. 
the kitchen and living room were at one end, and at the other there was that stupid room with all the nice furniture that nobody was ever allowed to actually sit in. As I reached the off-limits living room, I saw something move past the piano at the far side of the room. It moved into the adjacent hallway. The scraping sounds resumed. I hurried over, flashlight in hand, trying not to trip over anything. As I rounded the corner into the hall, I saw our golden retriever, Bear, walking through the darkness on his hind legs. You know how sometimes when a dog jumps up on you and you grab him by the front paws and kind of help him stand? It looked like someone was doing that with our dog, but there was nobody there. I watched Bear stagger four or five steps, his back facing me. When he noticed my light, he fell to all fours and wagged his tail, then resumed walking like a dog normally walks. He trotted away up the stairs to the second floor, like nothing strange was going on. The weirdest thing was, when I was laying in the blanket fortress earlier, I listened to that scraping sound for a good five or ten minutes before deciding to investigate. The dog was walking around in the dark for that long on his hind legs in slow circles around the house. To this day, I've never figured out why. He never did it before and never did it again after that night. But he apparently freaked out the babysitter, too. The next morning, she told me that he pushed the door open to my parents' bedroom, went over to the bed, and started making vocalizations that sounded like he was trying to mimic human speech. He did this for several minutes before she locked him out of the room, and she looked pretty rattled the next day when we talked. It's probably not a coincidence that as an adult, I'm a cat person. No sleep story, courtesy of David Cummings. So guys, you know what? Hey, that was awesome. But look over there. Oh that, Jesus! That body, that that body, it looks like it's moving. I'm not. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord, I knew Halloween was bad enough. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. Hold, hold your fire, Jimmy. It's talking. It's talking, Jimmy. Don't, don't shoot, Jimmy. Uh, you know, you invited me over here for pizza, then you put a big sack of flour on my head. Jesus. Oh, hey. It's oh, hey. Guy. It's Fred. <laughs> what's your What's your name, uh, sir? Let's confirm this. Uh, what's your name, Mr. sir? Mr. Hulk, as it were. Oh, guys, uh, it's our guest. It's a, it's a great improvement. Yeah, this is this is the producer of the Dark Tome podcast. Jeez, we thought you were uh, we thought you were uh, deceased. We were about to throw you into the fire. That's uh, that's happened before. That was a different different uh, Halloween that happened actually. <laughs> was that back in high school? <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot actually. Getting uh, chucked into dumpsters um, and left for dead. But uh, that, that's another story. Well, 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 welcome to the haunted house. Welcome to the book ice show. Um, how are you, sir? Uh, uh, much better among the land of the living, but uh, yeah. I, I, I like the place. I think the the, the, the lighting is very uh, moody. Um, very you much know, the so. severed severed heads on the wall are, are very classy. So uh, now, I, I, I remember you from a, a podcast called The Cleansed. Yes, and, yes. And then, so we have uh, moved from imagining the world uh, being completely destroyed in a post apocalyptic wasteland uh to simply worrying about destroying the fates of one person at a time i suppose and the cleansed <laughs> i think i remember that it was a it was a tv pilot was sponsored by california prunes no no <laughs> no you must have me mixed up you know <laughs> i you know i i should have talked to my branding expert before we before we went there um no, the cleanse are the people who uh, managed to survive the the big undoing, and um, live to see what comes next. And and uh, as, as you might listen to the, the it is a podcast. Um, it's complete. It's a three season saga, um, eight episodes in the first two seasons, about thirty minutes each, and ten episodes of about forty minutes each in the third season. Um, and by the end of it, the the meaning is, is quite clear. But it's a uh, yeah, the the cleanse. Is slash was it's a you know complete uh, story arc, but it's you know it's a I call it sort of the Stand meets Mad Max in the sense that it's a post-apocalyptic story. Certainly, something like the Stand inspired it. Uh, the style of the apocalypse is more the um, uh, you know the kind of the premise starts when um, there's a in the survivalist culture there's a phrase called shit hits the fan. Um, you could kind of imagine if America keeps on the trajectory it, it seems seems to be going. Uh, you know, martial law is in place, uh, food is rationed by the government, things are already a little bit tenuous, and then uh, some sort of militia redneck types decide to sort of overthrow the government and precipitate, you know, the collapse of civilization. Um, so that's, that's what I've been up to the previous six years, and now I have a, a new podcast out just in time for Halloween. Yeah, The Dark Tome. That sounds uh, brilliant. We have a promo. Can we play that before we talk a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Okay, uh, uh, Craig, is there another record there? Because, I mean... Oh, uh, nope, squishy. Yep, here it is. All right, put that one on. Is that one you cut off the back of a box of Boo Berry cereal? Those no, I remember those. Records. Yeah, no, no, this one looks pretty old. I think it's a 78. Here we go. I wouldn't exactly call my life normal, but... Things have gotten a little weird since I started experimenting with this book called The Dark Tome. 
When I say the book opened other worlds, I mean that literally. It, it worked! It worked! Holy crap, it worked! There it is. The little village. Uh, what did they call it? Uh, Posse... Posse, uh... Positano. Ah! <laughs> no need to be frightened, little girl. If you think imagination is a toy to be locked in a box when the grown-up world comes crashing in, then you must never have heard the legend of the Dark Tome. I mean, I never had either. Not until that May. It was 820 steps from Suliscale to the world below. I walked them again and again with my father, following his tread from our home in the sky and then back again. I walked those stairs when I slept in my dreams. If I had any sense, I would stay home now, but I can't. I don't want to. I need another story. The truth? I believe the stairs led down into hell. And hell was where I wanted to go. The Dark Tome as a new audio fiction series by Fred Greenhalge and Bill Dufries. Debuting October 28, 2016. Find The Dark Tome on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit thedarktome.com. The Dark Tome. Open the book. Unlock imagination. What happens now? Will you continue reading, or...? I don't know. It is up to you. I have all the time in the world. And coincidentally, our new book guy's uh, slogan is Open a Book, Unlock Imagination. Da! <laughs> you, know, you know, when the creepy dude invites you down a set of stairs and tells you to go to hell... It's not always a good idea. Well, oh, sa- says the guy who got invited to a haunted house and woke up covered That's in true. flour. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, it started with the <laughs> butler serving me that drink, but I just, I was quite parched and it looked rather appetizing. The little floating eyeball in the glass should have been my first clue. Now, now your, your stuff, uh, of course, sounds uh, like it has a really great production value. Can you tell us a bit about your team there over at Dark Sure. Uh, so I've been at this, yeah, 10 years now. Um, I really, what I've, been known for as this field recording and that was sort of the hallmark of the cleanse uh so when i say field recording it means uh i went uh years ago was in film school and learned enough in film school to say i didn't actually want to do film but but i loved uh in particular location sound and sound recording and uh when i first started doing location uh radio plays not really having much of a guidebook to go off of uh you tried recording a local radio station and the results just weren't, um, you know, up to a professional par. The equipment wasn't great. The soundproofing of the studio was, was not excellent. Um, and so as a way to sort of improve my, uh, uh, quality of my productions, I, uh, was sort of mentored, uh, Roger Gregg, one of the great Irish playwrights, the modern radio playwrights, the modern era, uh, you know, encouraged me to get into location recording, meaning you bring the actors to a particular location. Uh, in, for example, the cleanse, we would record often like in underground catacombs or at a, a municipal airport at like a empty hangar or out on the runway uh, or out in the forest or something uh, or at a lighthouse, various places, and bring the equipment and the actors to where they needed to be. Um, and that worked for a show like The Cleansed, uh, and even we did the very same production style for uh, Lock and Key, which was uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez, this 
rather beloved graphic novel series. Uh, we had the very the blessing and opportunity to record that on location. Um, so that's kind of what I uh, have been known for. That's sort of been a lot of interviews go that like, why do you do all this? And that's its own set of reasons. And so uh, ironically, the, the Dark Tome is recorded in a studio environment. And it's never been because I didn't like studios. But um, when I first started, there wasn't, I didn't really, because of finances, and this whole sort of movement towards, uh, you know, high-end home studios hadn't progressed as much as it has today, um, didn't really just have access to the facilities. So anyways, now we do. And so this, you know, if you were to go and check out the Dark Tome, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the pieces of the puzzle are a narrator recorded in a booth, uh, as well as some scenes that are actually recorded uh, in a rather soundproof room, but with two actors acting ensemble. So uh, the piece is a, you know, kind of halfway between a true audio drama uh, and a, an audio book. It, you know, it, it, it's tr- truer to the shorts. You know, it's, it's still a bit of an adaptation. Um, you know, but, it, you know, we, 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 we dramatize certain components to it, but it also, uh, you know, has parts that read very, very closely to Joe Hill's original writing. Uh, what was that noise? Uh, Jimmy, can you go find out what that is? Yeah! Oh, I think Jimmy just got swallowed by a giant hole in the floor. Wow. That beep. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm not sure I'm so sure about this place. Um, but I, why don't I just relax on the sofa? That Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. The, yeah. At least that's pretty far from the hole in the floor. Yeah, I, I would stay away from the fireplace too, Fred, because uh, I think I'm pretty sure flour is flammable. Okay. All right. All right. That's, no, I appreciate the warning this time versus just dropping the uh, the the big weight on my head and leaving me for dead. Hey, listen, we had nothing to do with that. We just got here, so mm-hmm. maybe the place right. is haunted. Hmm. So, Could so be. the dark dark tome. How many, uh, is it going to be like was a series, uh, one season, or? Yeah, we're hoping. Uh, we have sort of nine stories lined up. Um, the two story authors I can mention because we've actually locked them in are Catherine M. Valente. She's our next story. This wonderful uh, story of, of witchcraft turned on its head um, called The Bread We Eat in Dreams from the short story collection of the same title. Uh, we also then have a Cat Howard tale. Cat uh, Howard has her new novel out, Roses and Rot. Um, we have a story of hers called Murdered Sleep. Uh, and then we have a bunch of others who haven't quite been ironed in, so I don't want to mention their names yet. But, uh, you know, long story short, Bouton, you know, long story short, we all these short stories, but, you know, <laughs> nine, nine, nine episodes we hope to do. Uh, and I feel good about this so far. Based on our early reception, we've been, I, you know, I really had no idea what the expectations were, but we, we very kindly, iTunes put us in the new and noteworthy section, and we, have sort of stuck. We immediately went in the top 50 and we've been in the top 25 now over the weekend. Nice. Um, so that's exciting and people have been re- leaving really good reviews. So that, that makes me feel like there's some hope that this will, will, will keep this going um, for a little while. Uh, what I, what I'd like to do, I mean, what's fun about it is that the premise can, you can sort of do anything and go anywhere with it. Uh, we have this uh, parent arc, uh, you know, so it's a story within a story sort of thing uh, where you have, uh, Cassie, this teenager whose life kind of sucks, and she's uh, just you know has found this magical book, and it's like, well, these these 
even though I might, you know, possibly go to hell and never come back, it's better than my life, as it were, which, you know, is very a bit autobiographical based on um, what my life was like growing up at po- at points. Um, so that's that's sort of the frame narrative. Each week we meet Cassie and, and this uh, cantankerous old man, Mr. Gussie, and there's a kind of a, a little story of their of their lies progressing, and then the magic book comes in and we go to another story. So you know you can imagine that with that premise we can kind of go anywhere. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So you got the overall arc between them, and then uh, you can pretty much do any any monster of the week you want. Exactly, and there's uh, definitely a certain flavor that I've been looking for. You know, I've been following, you know, like going back to like the Drabblecast in the early 2009 era and like Pseudopod and the early episodes of Escape Pod and, uh, of course, what Nightmare Magazine and Lightspeed and all those have been doing. Um, you know, I've listened to a lot, a lot of fiction podcasts, so I didn't want to just make, you know, one more. I want to do something a little bit different with it, hence the sort of story within a story and hence the little, you know, dramatized bits um and so i'm also trying to just find you know my devising stories that haven't necessarily been uh you know most of what we've been featuring is neither available already as an audio book and not as a you know previously featured on another audio fiction podcast so these are but they're the kind of writers who you might imagine be on any of those other podcasts there are going to typically come sort of a little bit more from the literary space than necessarily being straight you know, straight to podcast writers that people never have heard of outside the podcasting circuit. So, right. you know, like a Joe Hill, like he was very, very kind to let us, uh, you know, take one of his short stories as our, as our first. And, you know, all, all the writers have their own all following. So, it's, uh, you know, it's just a fun ride. We're going to, like I said, like just like the premise of the book, we're opening, you know, we're opening up this world and we'll see where it takes us. Okay, uh, Fred, I, th- I think you should tell the folks at home, <laughs> excuse me, where they can find you, because this place is starting to, it looks like it's going to fall apart, all this creaking noise is going on. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, it is looking a little, little wobbly in here. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, it's called The Dark Tome. Um, on, we always have to say, like, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, because I, I, you know, I still actually use Android, so I don't want people to think, oh, God, you know, these Apple people, you can only be on iTunes. But uh, right. basically anywhere you get podcasts, look for The Dark Tome. Our first story... Uh, is The Devil on the Staircase by Joe Hill, this uh, story of murder and uh, redemption or lack of redemption and uh, <coughs> and uh, the, you know, the strange bird <laughs> that love that feeds off of lies. And there's a little moment at the end that I think uh, speaks as an American looking at our current uh, political climate. It also has a, a little bit of a chilling moral not quite a moral fable, but a bit of a cautionary note at the end. So it's a um, a lovely little. It, you know, it's it's very very timely as well as a timeless piece. So I I think people will enjoy it. Um, check out the Dark Tome or thedarktome.com, and we're of course on the usual suspects Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Awesome. We're gonna put a link in the show notes. I think guys, we gotta get out of here so we can get home and uh, and give out candy to the kids and well before this house collapses on us. Well, I, I, just remember. When the zombies come, you don't need to run the fastest. You just need to run faster than the other guy. Oh, and, and with that, there you go. I'm out of here, guys. See you later. Thanks for joining us, Fred. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Um, I, I don't know where Jimmy is. I think he's down the hole. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully uh, hopefully he's not dead. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Same book time, same book channel. 
Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guys Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel.